parent, you want to give your child any help you can, right? You want to help them make their way, make sure they get a good start, make sure they get a go to a good school. We heard earlier about how expensive post-secondary is going to become in the years ahead. I mean, it's pretty pricey right now for so many people. And yet there are parents spending even more than that just to be able to get their child in to some universities. How? University admissions consultants. If you thought this was an American thing, think again. More and more students are going to university, so it's become very competitive to get in. And joining us now to talk about this is Michelle Cisa, award-winning journalist and contributing editor for McLean's. Michelle, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, Simi. How much has this grown in Canada? Like, is this becoming a widespread thing, university admission consultants? It's hard to say exactly how widespread it is, but it's definitely growing. So I spoke to three or four admissions consultants um, who run admissions consulting companies for the story. All of them said that, um, you know, demand is really growing. And part of that is in recent years, there was this kind of decline the first year of uh, COVID-19, where a lot of people deferred applying to university for a year because they didn't want to study remotely. And then there was a huge bump the next year that made admissions more competitive than ever. And uh, so that added pressure to like an already more intense admissions process. And it just seems to have kind of dumped fuel on the flames of this pressure and, and stress around applications. I mean, what does a consultant actually do? They do a lot of things. It's a pretty broad uh, spectrum. So some of it is helping students with their writing, their essay writing in particular. A lot of universities, as the admissions have become more competitive, have added steps to the application process. So if you applied to university 10 years ago or more, you probably just remember submitting your grades to a couple schools and getting in on the basis of your average. But now a lot of programs require students to answer these questions, either by video or by writing. And so students are obviously trying to figure out, you know, how do you how do you answer a question in a way that meets the meets the cutoff? And so admissions help them develop those writing skills and also develop the skills to set themselves apart when they're answering those questions. So developing extracurriculars, helping them think about things like, you know, some coach helps their uh, their students that they work with set up things like nonprofit organizations or like run fundraisers. So things that make them look entrepreneurial and self-starting that set them apart from their peers. It's really quite intense. Oh boy, that is that does sound intense. It also sounds like, Michelle, the kind of work that, you know, back in the day, school counselors did at, at high schools. Yeah, and I did speak to a school counselor as well. And he said, you know, he's noticed that his students are much more stressed out around this process, that while students used to apply to maybe three or four schools, uh, it's really common now for them to apply to more than 10 and that they're getting a lot of their information on social media. So they're coming to him with things they've seen on TikTok, being like, well, I saw, you know, this person did this and they didn't get into a school that I want to go to. And so it's it's still true that guidance counselors are a big source uh, for students, but I think they're getting a lot of information from their peers and from social media as well. So they're getting conflicting information and they're getting right. a lot of information. Michelle, how competitive is it out there to get into university these days? I think it really depends where you want to go. So a lot of business programs in particular, a lot of engineering programs, those are really in demand and it does seem like it's become quite a bit more challenging. So, you know, the University of Waterloo, for instance, has a really 
comprehensive computer science program. And I think they only take, you know, it's like less than 10% of people who apply get in. But there are lots of schools and lots of programs that are less competitive. So in some ways, you know, it's really about where students are applying. And obviously, there's prestige or desirability attached to certain schools. Um, But definitely, if you have your eye on one of those uh, coveted programs that's at a really competitive school in a really competitive field, it is harder than ever, I think, to get in. So did you find, is this the students themselves who want this help? Or is it the parents saying, my child needs every advantage that they can get? I think it's both. I mean, I think a lot of it comes from parents, but I think a lot of students are also really anxious about their future. I mean, you know, if you've talked about this already on the program, school costs more than ever. A lot of students are graduating with more debt than ever. And I learned a really surprising statistic when I was researching the story, which is something like 40% of people with minimum wage jobs have university degrees in Canada. So that means going to university is no longer a ticket to, you know, getting a good job, having a secure future. And I think students feel a lot of stress that they have to make this choice, you know, this huge choice when they're 17 or 18 that's going to determine the rest of their life, which isn't necessarily true, but that's really how they're going into it with a lot of anxiety about their future. Everything it feels like has become so competitive, isn't it? So like now it's like university education is now the minimum for getting into another job. Yeah. And I mean, you know, some of the measures that universities have introduced, like these kind of essay prompts to try and get a more well-rounded picture of a student than just grades, you know, in some ways they're more equitable than just looking at someone's grades. They look at the whole picture. But when some students have the means to hire a consultant and pay, you know, $175 an hour for that person to help them figure out how to write the best answer, you're not really creating a more egalitarian or you know, fair process for students who don't have those means. And exactly. I think that's a concern as well. Right. Because now if you're separating that, that that's obviously going to be a difference between somebody who worked on it themselves and you can actually find out what their skills are versus somebody who did it with a lot of help. Yeah. Or even somebody who has, you know, like five or 10 hours a week to devote to coaching or to like setting up a nonprofit organization to burnish their resume. It's uh you know, a lot of students have to work part-time jobs. They they have to take care of younger siblings. Like, they don't have the time and resources to do this. And so I think that's that's concerning as well. If you think of university as a place where, you know, any student who has the potential should be able to thrive and, and have access to a great program, um, it's definitely becoming more competitive in a way that I think favors students who have the resources to make themselves look really good on paper. Sure sounds like it. Michelle, thanks so much for that this morning. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate your time. That's Michelle Sisa, who's an award-winning journalist and contributing editor for McLean's. Now, McLean's does uh, a lot of work on kind of universities. They do the university guide that they put out every year. I think their latest one is out right now. And there's some really interesting stats that they have in there. For instance, they told us that there were 2.7 million post-secondary students in Canada in 2020. That is an 81% increase in the number of students enrolled full-time since 2000. That is a huge increase in just 20 years of students who are going or want to go to a post-secondary institution. Meanwhile, the number of Canadians who are between the ages of 25 to 34 and have a bachelor's degree went from 24% in you know 2000 to 42% in the year 2020. And, you know, Michelle was talking about how hard it is to get in. Her story in McLean's outlined some of that as well. For instance, the Queen's Smith School of Business 
just to get into that program. They get 9,000 applications. They've got 500 spots. That is incredibly competitive there. McMaster University has a health sciences program that is really popular. They get 5,000 applications for that health sciences program, and they admit fewer than 300 of those students every year. I mean, that's crazy. And I know that the software engineering program at the University of Waterloo is also incredibly popular. Uh, it's also very well known. Students have, if they have a 95% average or higher, and you would think, wow, that's great. That student can, you know, write their ticket anywhere. That student still has a less than one in three chance of being admitted to Waterloo software engineering program. I mean, those are just crazy statistics, and that's just part of from Michelle's story in McLean's magazine that talks about why so many, not just parents, but students are turning to these university admissions consultants to try to, you know, get some help for navigating the process, trying to figure out which schools, how many schools to apply for, uh, and really where to go, how to figure it all out. It's becoming harder and harder to do that. If you want to weigh in, I would love to hear your story on this. Simi at cknw.com.